This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Healthnetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? Healthnetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains as well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. Healthnetics products are all natural, THC-free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at healthnetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off. First all yeah, man. Like... <laughs> so, Esther, what are we drinking today? Uh, today we're drinking French pressed Colombian coffee. Hmm. <laughs> Why are you so shy? Uh, are you ready? Are you ready? Are, are, you, are we ready to start talking and coughing? Yeah. No, we're ready. I'm just like a little bit, you know, out of sorts this morning. We had some bad news, so I'm just kind of. Like, I, I want to be, like, upbeat, like we normally are, but I just found out that Kobe Bryant died, so I'm kind of, like, in a weird space. Yeah, so that's, um, yeah, I guess we got to, that we just, so, right now, we're, it's, uh, like, noon, and we're in Inglewood, California, and, um, we just found out, maybe, like, 20, maybe half an hour ago, mm-hmm. that, um, Kobe Bryant died. I'm sure everyone watching this, absolutely, they are, they're gonna know, they're gonna actually know more no, by the time, by, by the time this comes out. Yeah. But right now, we just the only news that's out: um, Kobe Bryant has died in a helicopter crash in Cal- Northern California. No, Calabasas. Uh, Cal- Calabasas. Calabasas. Yeah. Oh. That's, that's Southern California. Oh, sorry. It's just like above Malibu. Oh, okay. It's in uh, LA County. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, it looks like and they said four other people right now also um, perished, no survivors. And um, yeah, that's just um, yeah. So yeah, some terrible news to to start the day with. It's you know, especially being in Los Angeles, and I know we're all three of us. Well, I know you're you're not a transplant. You you grew up here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know we're transplants, okay. but it does feel. It, it it certainly feels bad for the city, you know. It's like being being in Los Angeles, being in this area, and just knowing we're gonna walk the streets and just feel like that sadness. Like I I feel like that same sort of that like kind of pit in my stomach feeling when Nipsey Hussle was killed last mm-hmm. year, where like the whole city is in mourning. Yeah, um, yeah. It's weird to us. Uh, it's weird because um, I mean I'm not from LA. I came here about 12 years ago. And I'm a big Rockets fan, so actually Kobe was like an enemy, you know, yeah. in, in, in the sporting sense. Yeah, but when I heard it, I was like, oh, like, this is, like, that's that's just, it just sucks. I yeah. mean, it just sucks, and um, it's a tragedy, and I think we have four daughters. Yeah, mm-hmm. 41 years old. 41. I'm, I'm older than, I'm older than Kobe Bryant. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's how, that's how, yeah, I mean, it's young. Yeah, it's kind of hard to put into words. Yeah, you? it's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I actually don't know how to. Yeah, it, like, it's kind of weird because I was like, oh, I want to talk about the fight cards and stuff like that, but at the same time, I'm like, uh, fighting seems less important when someone dies. No. Um, but it's still a world of sports, so it's like, I don't know. And the forum. Yeah. Yeah, we're just that's how we're just yeah. forum. Yeah. yeah, like Laker history. Yeah, the old home of the Lakers. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Great Western Forum. Man, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, we said like, no, we usually be like, no, it's like, oh, crazy fights, what a knockout, and then right, right, literally right before about the press record, like, yeah. man, so, um, yeah, that's just, that just sucks, and just everyone hug your loved ones, and, yeah, you know, this, this ride can end any time. Life, life <laughs> is a precious thing, appreciate every second of it, indeed. Um, so I get, I, I guess. You know, the the only thing we can do is just go ahead and do what we originally came to do, and that's talk about fights. And uh, we did have some some fun times last night in in the forum. So uh, Chris Cyborg is now, I think, the first person to have of, of either gender, which I think is very notable to mention, to have a major title in four different promotions. Yeah, that's that's huge, man. Were you literally there for every single one? Would you photo, did you photograph and witness every single so the strike when the, did she win? She so won strike force was and she beat Gina, right? Yeah. That, yes. that, that, yeah. So, so you shot that. Mm-hmm. Um uh Invicta and she, she beat uh, who she beat was Marlis. 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 Yeah. She beat Marlis. You were there for that one. Uh, and then who uh, she, Tanya Avenger at UFC two fourteen. Mm-hmm. I know you were there for that, that one. one. And then last night. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been there at every single one. Holy crap! <laughs> that's that's so, big. So um, so since you were you were actually the only person at all four, mm-hmm. uh, I, was, I was at three of the four, um, which felt I don't know, which just kind of what, what felt the biggest, what felt what felt most unique, what mm, well, what was your impression of all four, all four of them? You know, it's funny. Like even though the UFC is like the biggest organization. That one felt um, the smallest. That one felt like the least significant. Right, it felt like the least significant mm-hmm. because her against Gina was the first time women were being main evented on... Broadcast television. Yeah, broadcast television. So it was like, there was that. 
and it was just massive and uh, these are oh sorry oh, yeah, i'm going to interrupt really quickly yeah. sorry <laughs> these are stroopwafels from Marlou's Kunin, actually. Oh, wow. She, right. she brought them from the Netherlands. So these are oh, pro fresh from the Netherlands. Real shit. So what, what, are you supposed to, what do we usually do? We put them like over top of our coffee? Uh, yeah. Um, oh, usually we do, we do a tea normally, but. Uh, no, coffee or tea. Yeah. All right. You, know, you, you can kind of put it there to keep your coffee warm. Okay. And it kind of warms up your, your cup. Nice. And then dip it in. Anyway, Marlou's, uh, also another pioneer. But yeah, so. Uh, Strike Force felt huge because it was like the first time. And then Invicta, Invicta also felt, it was smaller event obviously, but it felt intimate because it was an, uh, like an all women's organization. So it had that kind of like. That was, and that was also like prime Invicta. Right. And, and it was it, the first time it, someone had opened up the featherweight division for her. It was like a rogue feel to, to the Invicta title win. It just, because they were doing something that was counterculture to a counterculture. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's a, a notable thing as well. Yeah. And I think when she fought Gina it was at 140, right? Um, no, no. No? Well, either way. Either way. I just feel like I, I remember... I remember when in Invicta, one of the big things that um, Shannon really pushed was that she wanted to make sure that everyone got to fight at their proper weight class. Mm -hmm. So she opened a lot of weight classes, like it's atom weight all the way through featherweight. Even there were light, there are lightweight fights, um, and it's just like um, I remember Cyborg Forever was just having the hardest time finding competition. So um, it was kind of the first time people started finding like other featherweights to fight. Um, then the UFC, of course, was was big because it, it was the UFC, but... but it, she was fighting Tanya Avenger, who was a, was a career bantamweight. Career yeah. bantamweight, and it came off the weird... Cause it should have been Jermaine. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, actually, it should have never been Jermaine. It should have been Cyborg originally for the inaugural yeah. right. 45 belt, but then we had that silly Holly Jermaine fight, which I'm not going to discuss. That was like, <laughs> And um, then, of course, Jermaine getting stripped, and then Cyborg fighting ridiculous fights at 140 for absolutely zero reason. Right. Just depleting. With like zero stakes. Yeah. Zero stakes. Just, yeah. just to like, hey, let's see if we can, let's see if she dies during weigh-ins. And, <laughs> and um, so when she actually won the belt from Tanya, it was, it was just, all right, good. Like now mm -hmm. we're just, can we finally get this yeah. ships, yeah. you know, selling mm -hmm. right? I'll say for, for me being, I was at 214. I was my, my first credentialed event. So... It felt big for me, mm -hmm. you know. I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm covering a UFC event. Oh, this is fantastic!" And I'm seeing a legend in the sport compete mm -hmm. 30 feet away from me, so that was dope. But it felt like a foregone conclusion. Right. It was like, "Oh yeah, Tanya Avenger probably should have been in the UFC before, yeah. but she mm -hmm. definitely shouldn't have been in a featherweight fight. She definitely shouldn't have been in there against Cyborg in a featherweight title fight." So it, it had this this air of inevitability, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. When, mm -hmm. when Cyborg won that belt, so mm -hmm. like last night felt pretty damn cool. Yeah, last night it felt, felt big, great. right? It felt, it felt big. 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 The crowd was cheering for her. Both, um, no, both, both ways. Both, actually, both. Was, um, Julie had a huge contingent of fans there. And um, this is the first time you really felt like she was truly fighting another featherweight. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like that. Yeah. A great featherweight. So. Yeah, not, 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 not someone, well, we got a 35er in there. Just don't don't cut weight, you know, yeah. just because we need a main event, you know. And go ahead, eat a pizza and just yeah. and, and jump in there. It, it felt like a, an, an actual weight class yeah. fighting, you know, f yeah. fighting one another. It, it made a lot more sense. And it seemed like, like Julia 
I wouldn't say she towered over her necessarily mm-hmm. in 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 the the faceoffs, mm-hmm. but she she was bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, she definitely was bigger, and that's that's something that we just don't see very often with Cyborg. Like mm-hmm. we normally see Cyborg just just hulking over mm-hmm. whoever she's in front of, and it was almost refreshing to see see it the other way around. Mm-hmm. But then also, I, I think it was a reminder of how good she really is because you can previously. Uh, link a lot of her wins to just being bigger and and bullying. Like you think about the, like the Jan Finney fight where yeah. it was just she's just throwing her around like a yeah. rag doll. You think of even like um like the Leslie Smith fight where yeah. it's just like okay, as tough as Leslie is, like she just can't overcome that size. Yeah, Leslie fought at flyweight at one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just it's just nuts that, that some of these fights were made. But then you see her against Julia Budd, who where she can't just purely bully her mm-hmm. where she can't bullying can't be the number one thing she does and then she's like oh she's going to outwork her with technique yeah. and outwork her with strategy and game plan it was and, I, I think it was a and, complete performance and yeah. patience yes <laughs> which is like the big maybe the single single biggest improvement throughout Cyborg's run mm-hmm. yeah just patience because for that Nunes fight I mean um, she just kind of ran right at her mm-hmm. You know, um, she, that that got so aggressive so quickly, and you could tell that she had learned from that experience. And even when, so when actually a couple times when Julia hit her, like got her, she would like back out and be like, "Okay, let me restart, let me restart this." No. So, because um, Julia landed some really good punches and elbows um, when it, whenever they were clinched up stuff like that, but a couple yeah. good teeth kicks she yeah. stuck in there as well. Yeah. Like like Julia definitely she got her licks in, but. It, it it was it was just amazing to see like you forget like Cyborg has bulldozed through so many people mm-hmm. and you just forget that she's really a technically very sound fighter mm-hmm. you know for her to to even uh, get a takedown yeah. against Bud and really work some decent top control yeah it, it it was just the exact opposite what a lot of people would expect from the stereotypical Cyborg fight yeah and what put Julia down was a body shot yes that that, that was like the the perfect like post Jason Perillo performance mm-hmm. for Cyborg. And I think that was for me coming into it, that was the way I kept framing it. It's like this is if is it is it pre Jason Perillo Cyborg or post Jason Perillo Cyborg? Because we saw pre Perillo Cyborg against Nunez, just mm-hmm. rushing in chin first and, and just, just ready to bang. But we saw Cyborg being very disciplined and patient and, and measured. And and then you you saw like the momentum just started shifting, and that first round was a little dicey. Mm-hmm. I think they 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 both yeah. you know held their own very very nice on that first round. Mm-hmm. But then as each round progressed, it was just Cyborg was just taking over just a little bit more, a yeah. little bit more, a little bit more. Yeah, more, and then and then right when she knew she was hurt, just <sighs> the, the, yeah. then, then, then it turned the classic yeah, Cyborg. Then it was Tekken. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I actually lost counts. I couldn't keep enough. Uh, I couldn't count fast enough. But that finishing combo. I counted 34 strikes. Not not unanswered, but some were blocked. But she threw 34 punches and kicks and knees. In succession. In succession. Yeah. With, 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 I think, Bud maybe going like, Ugh, every once in a while trying to, like, maybe punch my way out. Nope, not working. I, yeah. I watched, I was like, that looks just so incredibly scary for at that moment, you know. And, and it's just... But man, just like, just vintage cyborg and yeah. an improved cyborg mm-hmm. at the same time. It's like, yeah, I think it was a... I think it was, I think it was just like an absolute home run by Bellator and Cyborg. Done like a, per- a perfect game for Cyborg too. Just I couldn't, I can't think of a better way. Because if she, she would have came out and just 
one punched her and like I don't know yeah. something. The fact that it, it got drawn out and yeah. really you can and that the first round was very yeah even first round was close yeah. yeah. Um, actually, I was uh, shooting from the blue corner, like that they were next to me, and I could hear Cyborg's corner. Cyborg's corner? Yeah. Okay. Cyborg's corner, <coughs> like just like in the first round and in the second round, constantly yelling, you have time, you have time. Just reminding her, she can slow down, she can pick her shots, just constantly just like, slow down, slow down, slow down. Each time she wanted to go forward, they're like, and they calmed her down immediately, and she was really, really patient, and um, a patient cyborg is very dangerous. That's a, that's a very scary thing. Yeah. It's a very scary thing, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm so happy for cyborg to get something, get a win like this, mm -hmm. the way it played out. Because like, let's take it back to last week. I think yeah, last week with uh, Connor and, and and Cowboy, right? Where Connor went out there and floored Cowboy so fast mm -hmm. that. The narrative doesn't doesn't always revolve around how good Connor is, but mm -hmm. uh, what sort of cowboy were we looking at? And we don't have that argument with right. with this fight at all. Like Cyborg established dominance, but like sustained dominance, mm -hmm. and not and not just like some quick flash KO. And Julia Budd wasn't knocked out a couple weeks ago, or knocked out even knocked right. out. We didn't have her nose broken, smashed in just six months ago. You know, she was uh, she was know, fresh eight, eight years, eight years undefeated. undefeated, eight years undefeated, yeah, like, and three title defenses like, under her belt. Like that. That's like this felt like legit. her last loss Prime. was to Ronda Rousey. Yeah, her last loss was yeah. Ronda Rousey. Yeah, and before that, Nunez. Nunez, yeah. Like she's only lost to goats. Yes, mm -hmm. this is prime Julia, but healthy, mm -hmm. everything ready to go, and she got it, man. I was just, I was, I was just like, what, what, what were your expectations coming into this? What, what did you predict before the fight started? I kind of thought it would play out sort of like this. Mm -hmm. um, it, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought Cyborg would eventually get a KO finish mm -hmm. uh, because Bud's best hope to to win that fight would be one of two ways: either one, force the ground. And and like just heavy wrestling and try to wear her out. Well, she she did try in that first round, mm -hmm. and to to varying levels of success during that. Or the other alternative is use her use her her long legs and mm -hmm. and play the reach, and maybe you know and maybe try to pick her apart. But I just thought Cyborg is too sophisticated of a striker, too mm -hmm. explosive for that to work. Mm -hmm. And then you know if you want to bully her and try to out wrestle her and stuff like, well, she's. she's pretty damn good grappler mm -hmm. so that's a lot easier said than done so it seemed like her path to victory would just expose her to too much danger mm -hmm. and then eventually cyborg would, would would take over i i thought that she would definitely maybe a little bit of the superstition in the play because she did lose to amanda nunez at the forum mm -hmm. and maybe her walking back in that building again she'd say eh, maybe i need to keep my chin down and not just run straight at her mm -hmm. um that she she would play the the intelligence on that end mm -hmm. um so it, it it played out kind of the way i thought but cyborg was even more dominant than, mm -hmm. than i expected because she because she went offensive with some of the grappling because there were times where granted that wasn't her main game plan but she still was able to bully the bigger person in the clinch mm -hmm. uh and that was the spot that we thought bud would would be the strongest yeah. so uh, yeah i i'm i i couldn't have been any more impressed by what she did yeah because you know when we were kind of comparing them and trying to see like cyborg i would give the edge and strike excuse me, in striking, you know, just in straight grappling, that kind of stuff. But for sure, in the clinch and the wrestling, I would have thought that Bud would have had the advantage. But Cyborg actually just showed that she was um, just a little better in every area. 
And, and, so. and, and as the fight went on, the the, the gap got bigger. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Just, you can feel like, you can feel kind of um, Bud's hope almost just slowly wearing away. Mm -hmm. and, and, you, and you start seeing a little more desperation in things that she was doing. Yeah. The other reason why this is significant um, in terms of just, she's fought in, you know, all these organizations and all this stuff, but that first fight, that first title fight was um, three minute rounds. Mm -hmm. Oh, against Gina? Uh-huh. Oh. That, that was on three minutes? Uh-huh. That, all wow. that craziness was in the only yeah, three minutes. I didn't even remember. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that's why um, I, I remember Coker saying this week, he was like, he was just, um, he thought that um, Cyborg was the best because she's managed to kind of like, um, people thought that uh, her aggression was really only good for that particular like short, fast round, but she's kind of, you know, progressed through the longer rounds. And at the back of, back in the day, that they, they most commissions didn't let women fight more than three minutes around. So, let's talk about that. No, wait, no. Before we talk about that, how's your coffee, sir? Very good. How's how's this? How, how do you like the Stroop waffle? Fresh from oh, that waffle is dope. Did you put it on top of your coffee? Did you, did yes, it, I did. It, it got a little warm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. It gets a little, yeah. Like the edges are kind of still oh, kind of stiff, and then the inside's a little. Man, I came here to talk about people getting hit in the face for money, and I'm out here yeah. getting cultured, man. This <laughs> we is just get, yeah, we get cultured and fat. I'm all sophisticated. Like <laughs> put, my, put my pinky up when yeah. I drink this coffee. Hello. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some Japanese ceramics, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um,. Uh, yeah, let's before we talk about the rest of the Bellator card, which has some fantastic fights. Mm -hmm. um, is Cyborg is Cyborg the goat? Hmm. I I'm on I'm, I'm I believe what Coger says is about longevity. Mm -hmm. Longevity. She but, has been super consistent. Yeah, longevity, and that's that's why I can't give it to Amanda Nunes. It's like right. I think Amanda Nunes right now, like like this day is the best female fighter, maybe ever. I don't, I'm not 100% I'm not, I'm not behind that, but I think she's the best female fighter right now on the planet. Mm -hmm. But she's obviously been inconsistent in her career. Yeah. Cyborg has not. Mm. So I, that's why I still- and I, Cyborg's been fair, you know, has been on top besides her loss last year uh, since what, 2008? I mean, I mean, regardless of, you know, depth in the division, I don't care, man. That's just like, she beat pretty much everybody they put in front of her. Like and that's that's all you can do. And beating yeah. and beating is an understatement. It was like just like, like just demolish. demolishing. Yeah, yeah it's like and just she, yeah. She, it's funny because people are like, oh, she crushed a lot of cans and all this stuff. It's like, not that. It's that people didn't want to fight her, but she. The impressive part is she fought these lesser opponents and destroyed them the way that a top fighter would. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times you'll see like someone come up and like someone who's very dominant fight, oh, a, a no name, and they might go the full five rounds or whatever and be like, oh, you weren't that good or whatever. It's like, but Cyborg has been consistent and it's always destroyed her opponents. Yeah. So. Yeah, she's never, she's never uh, fallen to that trap where, like I think one of, like, one of the knocks on John Fitch or something was like, you, you play to your competition mm -hmm. sort of thing. Like she's never done it. She's approached everyone exactly the same mm -hmm. and given them the same amount of respect which usually leaves them unconscious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, my um, actually one of my my favorite cyborg fights or moments is uh, I forget the girl's name. It, it wasn't one of Daria her most. Daria Rajamova. Yeah, and cyborg at that point was just demolishing people in Invicta, 
And so she fought this girl, and she was kind of grappling of her and everything. And you can kind of tell Cyborg kind of wanted this fight to go a little longer. She wanted rounds, yeah. So but toward the end of the first round, the girl, I think Cyborg threw a kick. It ripped off her toenail. Her Cyborg, own, she, Cyborg ripped off her own toenail. toenail throwing a kick. She looks down, and she's like, what the hell? Her and then she just beats the crap out of this girl. And just, like, finishes, like, in 10 seconds. She's like, nope. <laughs> it just demolishes this poor lady. And yeah. um, I was like... Exactly. At the time, I was like, oh, it's going to go to yeah, second round. Yeah, because Daria had been holding on to her yeah, for like four minutes. Yeah, just grabbing that leg, grabbing that leg, you know, which is how a lot of fighters in the past even made it the distance, mm -hmm. just by just holding that leg and just praying, you know, and Cyborg, you know, doing a little hammer fist, but just these girls were tough enough. But when Cyborg saw her, saw her nice toenail ripped off, I just, nope, I'm like, like, this lady's done. Yeah, man, the work day's over. We're yeah. Time, time to clock out, so, yeah. Um... So, but, but, so what do you feel? I mean, do you, do, do you believe um, Cyborg is the, the GOAT? I, I, see, or this, does, it, or does, it, does it matter? Is it just a stupid it, conversation? It, it, it's, a, it's a stupid conversation, but I enjoy having it. And, 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 I guess, <laughs> and, and welcome to Coffee Talk. <laughs> a stupid conversation we enjoy having. That's, that's, that's like, MMA. That's yeah, MMA. All of MMA. Like, it's, it's so subjective. And, and I think I, I think if, if you were to make a case for a 1A and 1B, mm -hmm. this seems like a like a like a good idea. I think we if, maybe like John Jones, Daniel Cormier, the, those conversations, yeah. mm -hmm. GSP Anderson Silva, there were certain people where they they've done what they've done at the same time. Mm -hmm. And maybe they've gone head to head, maybe not. But there's so many other factors to, to play in it because for and similar to the Jones Cormier thing mm -hmm. for Nunez, she doesn't have any uh, PD question marks right. uh, around her. So if you want to yeah. factor that into to goat status um, in head to head competition, she's beaten Cyborg. Granted, I think if you rematch them it might be a little different, but the from the sample size that we saw mm -hmm. of those two, you know, paired up against each other, Nunez is gonna is gonna win. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's hard to take away the head to head factor, mm -hmm. but the longevity is, is the longevity is undeniable. Like mm -hmm. ten years or what, twelve years? That's yeah, a, that's a top massive of amount of time in MMA. Okay. We can talk about actually we can talk about Cyborg for a while. <laughs> yeah. Are we ever? Uh, oh, oh. One quickly. Are we ever gonna get to see a rematch between her and nope. Nunez? Nope. Unless, of course, unless Nunez decides to retire, yeah, and then um, I guess her contract expires or something like that, and Scott Coker picks up the phone and yeah, because Nunez came up under Strike Force as well, so she's yeah. got a relationship with Coker. So if if uh, she answers that phone call, I, I can see it, but I, I don't see I don't think we're gonna see it in their primes. No, no, no. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be like a Chuck Tito three feel yeah. to it yeah. if it does happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That'd be kind of weird. <laughs> I'd watch the documentary. Yeah, yeah. 49-year-old <laughs> cyborg coming out with it. It's just... Uh, no, but... um, Actually, I was... Uh, what, why does the UFC have a 45 division? Mm -hmm. A women's 45 division? Just why? Is it, it just... It seems that like just out of spite now. Yeah, it, just, it doesn't really make any sense. Like, I think it's this insistence on being number one with everything. So we gotta have... But you're not doing anything with it. Yeah, yeah. you're not even trying. Just let all those women outside outside of Nunez, you know, just release them let, and let Bellator have them. Because yeah. then that, I would love to see Felicia Spencer fight more. I would love to see Megan, Megan Anderson yeah. fight more. If all fights that matter and it makes sense, you know, and seem the like the fight's gonna happen because. Just fill out the division a little more. Yeah. But it should be. It should just go to one org, just yeah, because like, there's it, not quite enough. And not, even on the UFC rankings page, there's no rankings. every single. 
category has rankings except featherweight. Yeah, and it's just a picture of Nunes. Yeah. Like this, this, it's silly. Like I, I would love to see Spencer versus Bud. Mm-hmm. Sign me up for that. Yeah. Like I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. The fight I, the fight I really want to see is Spencer versus. She doesn't want to fight, but I want to see Spencer Nunes. Mm. So I think that, I, that I, I think that is a very tough fight for Amanda Nunes. Because mm-hmm. if if Amanda Nunes has shown any weakness throughout her whole career, is is by strong grapplers putting it on her back. Mm-hmm. And because that me coming into the cyborg Nunes cyborg, that's how I thought the fight was gonna go. I thought, thought cyborg, cyborg was, was gonna, gonna fight smart, yeah, that's, yeah. fight smart, that's clinch cool. up, be stronger, take her down, and put her on her back, and we'll see where it goes from there. But obviously, it didn't go that way. But um, I personally don't think the UFC will ever have Nunes fight at forty five again because right now Dana can just say mm-hmm. forever, well, we knocked her out. You know, we knocked. Yeah. You know, she got knocked out yeah. by this chick, and she's a thirty five er. You know, so I think I don't. And they, you know, the UFC loves bragging rights, and I think they kind of have this right now. Even though it might not really mean anything competitively, but just from a, a troll point of yeah. view, you know. On a, on a uh, yeah, and I, I think that it's it makes more sense for them just to leave it at that. You're right. Yeah. Then they get to have the upper hand. They get to have the end, the the period on that story. Yeah. So the co-main event. Yes. Darian Caldwell versus Adam Borch. For yeah. the, in the second round of Bellator's featherweight Grand Prix, mm-hmm. coming into it, what did you think was going to happen? Coming into it, I thought we were going to see another flying knee from from Boris. Um, Caldwell typically does the same sort of thing. He use, he doesn't vary his setups very much, mm-hmm. and he's he, you you know exactly what you're going to get with him. Mm-hmm. The problem with knowing exactly what you're going to get from him is that the one who has made a pattern out of timing those takedowns to knee your head off into the rafters, mm-hmm. you, you don't really... You, it's a dangerous day. Yeah. Very, very dangerous day. So I, I thought that that's what was going to happen, or at the very least, like, Borks would be able to threaten it enough mm-hmm. to where Colwell would have to would, would have to alter his game plan mm-hmm. on, on the fly, and Borks kind of just take it over from there, but... Caldwell did what he normally doesn't do, and that's fight aggressively. And that's, you know, be more of a striker, keep coming forward, mm-hmm. and then mix in the takedown. And mm-hmm. uh, got the quick submission, too. Like, yeah, I, Caldwell, like, Caldwell putting on performances like that um, reaffirms my initial thoughts when that when those brackets were laid out that he is the dark horse in, in this tournament. Yeah, I, Caldwell at 45 has been uh, just... Not as dominant. Yeah. No, no. Progressively better. You think at so? four, four, uh, 45, yeah. He wasn't as dominant, I guess, in his last fight, in his first tournament bout, but he just needed to win at that point. Um, I think he was still adjusting to changing camps as well. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that's what I think. And for this one, actually, you know, you were saying about someone's making a career out of just like studying tape and timing you out. Like, that actually makes it really hard in, in the sense that if Caldwell decided this is the fight I'm going to be slightly different, it's like, oh, but I've watched all of his tape or Adam Borch is like, his coaches have been studying Caldwell and then Caldwell doesn't do anything that he normally does. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he has that, there's always that threat of the takedown is always going to be, it's going to put him in, in a higher position. Yeah, he, um, I, 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 th- I think I think it was just I think we kind of forgot how good Caldwell is because we we had the Horaguchi fights in our head yeah and that was fifth, he, that was and it was at bantamweight and he was exhausted 
Yeah. Yeah, but but remember, but remember how dominant Caldwell was before. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Like he was, he was actually when he did the boards, he was doing that to like the the he goes a lot to the Dantes, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. of Bellator. He was super dominant. That's why when he fought Horiguchi, I think I think and I think Coker is under that same belief. Like no, we do have the best bantamweight. And I think that's why even Coker is still he's still a bit shell shocked that yeah. that Caldwell lost twice to him. Yeah. And um, yeah, but I I thought I thought maybe Caldwell's time was done as far as like the best of the best obviously he's always going to be top level but mm-hmm. for me but i was just yeah i thought it was going to be um, um borch's coming out party mm-hmm. yeah, I, I thought yeah. i thought this was it felt that way coming in it's like oh this this kid's gonna yeah especially after the um the the caldwell's last fight against henry corral yeah, it just yeah. it was just so i i don't I mean, it definitely wasn't aesthetically pleasing so yeah. let me just get that out the way but it just didn't have um you knew exactly what was going to happen and it just kept happening again. And it just, I didn't see anything new. I didn't see mm-hmm. any new wrinkle. I mean, he, he said after that fight, he felt so much better at 145, mm-hmm. but you couldn't really tell from the performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know, <clears throat> but I, I do think the camp switch had a lot to do with him seeming sort of rejuvenated mm-hmm. last night. I know um, when I talked to him leading up to the Corrales fight, that was a major, uh, a major thing for him was the camp switch, and he he threw a lot of shade at at Alliance mm-hmm. um, for whatever reasons. I don't, I'm not quite sure what what happened uh, with, with those relationships, but he he threw a lot of shade at that, and and was saying how how much he needed to be back with his old team. Mm-hmm. I think he's at Pinnacle now, yeah. um, somewhere around here. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, yeah. Here. So he, so he was, he was so adamant about that. And now I think a lot of times when we see people switch camps, you, you kind of need to get one under your belt. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, we, we could talk about Aaron Pico yeah. about, yeah. about yeah. this too. Like you need to get one under your belt with that camp before things really start, start yeah. gelling. Yeah. And I think that's what we saw last night was yeah. things gelling. And now he's, he feels truly back at home yeah. with his old team and, Maybe and like you said in, in the post fight, like you, you felt freer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you feel free. You you try things. You do mm-hmm. things differently. You you get a little more aggressive. You mm-hmm. you take some chances that you otherwise wouldn't have. Uh, I, I think he um he keeps that up, man. That that AJ McKee fight. Good Ooh, Lord, have I am mercy. excited about that fight, man. Oh man, AJ McKee. You know what? If if I'm pretty. That's sure. a little battle for the. Oh. For uh, Southern California supremacy, right there. Yeah, yeah man. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure <laughs> I was actually backstage watching that fight with. Uh, we're working on interviews. So I was right next to John Morgan, uh, of MMA Junkie, and right before the fight started, we're kind of like, we both actually picked. We're kind of who you got, you know? We're like, oh, I think Borch is gonna win, like, and like and we're like, yeah, but if Caldwell wins, it's not gonna. It's gonna be a bad twenty. Because remember, it was a twenty-five minute fight, so yeah. Yeah. I think that was the fear. Like, oh man, but if Caldwell does win, it's gonna be a bad twenty-five minutes. We have to sit through, and. God, we were just like so shocked. And if he, if Carver would have won in a 25 minute fashion that we thought he was going to win, if he was going to win, like the, the McKee fight, we wouldn't be that excited. But we're right. like, oh God, this could be. But now, like, it's amazing how one, what, 90 seconds of action just kind of changes yeah. your entire view on a fighter. And it changes the bracket, it changes the way the tournament looks, the Grand mm-hmm. Prix. So. Yeah, because I think we were all kind of, I, th- I th- want to say we mentioned this to each other during fight week, like, 
and Borgs versus McKee, two undefeated females. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yes, please. And we kind of, kind of just yeah, we're like, I want to see that. Yeah. So they're like, oh, this is gonna be crazy. But now we didn't see that. Yeah. Um, I'd say we, I'd say if Caldwell went out and did what he did against Corrales, we would be excited for that fight, but not for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. We'd be excited more to see how McKee handles it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, okay, is how solid is his takedown defense? If you get him down, mm-hmm. um, can you keep him down? What is his? What does he look like off of his back? It would yeah. be all these different questions that centered solely around the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but now it's like we're excited for both. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely. Like yeah. really excited. Like yeah. 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 Like damn. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just fanboy for and, just and, a second. Hey, here, and, and props to Coker and um, Bellator having key right there, having that face off right yeah. there. You know. Yeah. It seems cheesy, like you know WWE, but I don't know. It works. Yeah. It works. It works. Yeah. You were feeling it. I was like, yeah. it's like <laughs> <laughs> they don't like each other. <laughs> You know, actually, I was wondering about his fight against Henry Corrales in the sense that, because Juan Archuleta had a, uh, you would say, like a boring showing against Henry Corrales. And I wonder if that's just how you f- beat him. I think it's the only way you, yeah. I think it's the only way you Because otherwise you him. get sucked into a brawl. Yeah. And you get knocked out. Yeah, yeah, Aaron Picoed. Yeah, pretty much. Like, you can't just go in there and just swing at Corrales. And even if you try to strike with him in a more measured approach, it's going to be you you have to use footwork. You've got to be elusive. You got, like, Archuleta looked a lot like his teammate TJ Dillashaw in there. Like, you have to fight that sort of fight because Corrales, if if his feet are planted and he's throwing a bomb at you, you're going to explode. Yeah, Yeah. if you want to trade with Corrales, you you you're gonna go to sleep. Yeah, you just that's not that's not. It's just not it. smart. Not yeah. yeah, and and he and he's able to still unleash that sort of power and mm-hmm. still keep coming at you when he's cracked. Like mm-hmm. when we yeah. remember back to the Pico fight, Pico had hurt him real yeah, bad. Yeah, Pico had hurt him really bad. Like it was it was an inevitability that Pico was going to get the finish mm-hmm. at that point, and then he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't you can't ever just. Just rely on oh I'm gonna knock out Henry Corrales. Well, you you better get them skates on. I was <laughs> well, I was watching the fight and I was saying you know what I think Corrales is probably the pound for pound best fighter when concussed. <laughs> 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 Give that man some head trauma before the fight. Oh he will f you up. <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> you know he's, he just has and, I, and even Archuleta said that in his pre fight stuff. It's like oh the guy's a zombie. You know, it's like that's when he wakes up when you hit him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you just gotta hit him and run. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of got that old like um, that like Stephen Bonner sort of sort of thing to him. Like he's gotta he's gotta f- see his own blood or something, and then <laughs> and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, let's do this. I, yeah. I, I think of I think of Crowdis as like the Matt Brown of Bellator. Yeah, it was at least like the older Matt Brown, which is like now like, you be interview Crowdis like he kind of just like oh he's the most matter of fact guy. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah fight, yeah, train hard. You're like what's like we knocked out Pico. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. And then you would say, like, okay, nice. Well, have a good luck Saturday. I'm so glad that y'all have had that same experience with him yeah. because I thought, like, am I just really a bad interviewer? I don't know what's going on. But And then after, yeah. he, after he pressed stop, you know, he's like, hey, thanks for the interview. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, so- all right, man. Like, I, thought yeah. you, I thought you were mad at me. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah he, so you, it's you, not he, me. He's just a, yeah. You can tell he, you're just a unique dude. And uh, but that's what the sport's full of unique, unique dudes. Yeah, it's funny because uh, we brought up to him his his post fight interview um, uh, after beat when he did he did Pico. The best, the best underrated post fight interview. Yeah. What what, what was the line he said? He after? says, um, "What is like? I've li- I've lived a mediocre life up to this point. And I was ready to die in this bitch." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What?" And then when you ask him about it later, he's like, "Oh, I said that." 
Uh, yeah, and then when he, he like he just glossed over like some story about somebody trying to stab him to yeah. death. Yeah, yeah. And he was just like he's like yeah, like the, the time those guys tried to stab me. Like, Next question. Rewind, rewind. <laughs> wait, 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 tell us about the stabbing. Wait, wait, wait. I have a follow up. <laughs> Excuse me. Like we didn't yeah. know you were Batman in your spare time. Like tell us more. And then like you, you know he talks about his teeth. He's like he has like no is. His teeth were like just his top two teeth right here and bottom were they're gone because um when he fought Pitbull and Pitbull mm-hmm. he just ate a giant knee and he fin- I think he even finished the fight you, mm-hmm. you think he went five rounds with, P- with um, Pitbull but without like his front teeth just like going this way <laughs> <laughs> so like so like it's actually interesting um you said it if you don't say it in interviews but like so I think a couple weeks out before every fight um like before he goes to the actual fight he has to take him they're, they're screwing he has to go to yeah, get implants, yeah. implants and everything mm-hmm. so. Dude, dude, I love Kratos. I love it. I love Henry Kratos. That's all. <laughs> Even though he lost. He's, like, he's one of those guys where Henry Kratos Henry talk. That's, that's what this is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, the crowd was spoiled last night because, and you know, they were booing so quickly at the Archuleta Corrales fight, but they were spoiled because the, from the very first fight, I think. Well, no, what was right before that fight? Sergio Pettis. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sergio Pettis. Holy was crap. Right before that. With the crazy. Uh, he knocked. Uh, how many times did he knock? Shakian out. Yeah, he, he 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 submitted a dead body. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, 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 how did he get there? Like he uh, looked at like the Pettis, clothesline. Well, Pettis got dropped. Remember, Pettis got yeah. hit. He was like wobbly, and then um, was Alfred Shakian came in for the kill. And so Pettis like, oh, fuck you. I was like, oh, my God. And, like, yeah, we talked to Pettis backstage. He's like, did that hurt? He was like, yep. <laughs> he was like, yeah, yeah, I felt that. But it's like, I got strong legs. <laughs> but he said, yeah, his, he said his body went out, boom, caught him. Mm-hmm. And um, Alfred got a little too anxious mm-hmm. and whew, paid a price. All right. Exciting times. Um, yeah, and then before Pettis was... Pico? Was Ray he right? Dan- no, dude. That's, that's why we had so much action. Raymond Daniels. Daniels. No, Raymond Daniels. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Yeah, there was so much so action So that was so night. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Jason King ate so many of those body shots. Oh, spinning, spinning kicks. kicks like, to the just body. over and over. And the thing, they, like, they were hurting him so bad, but most of those weren't even landing flush. Like, he was able to get out of the way, a lot of them, and they were just, like, grazing him to the side, and you could just see him once every time, like... I, I, that uh, last time when he didn't want to get up, he was like, Yeah, he oh. really thought about that. He he sat there and was just like, Man, is it, did they pay me enough? <laughs> <laughs> you can tell, like, he was almost. He was almost sitting on the ground, waiting for the ref to go. All right, you're done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's like, "Come on, ref. Like, like, don't, like, don't, 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 don't make Help me out quit here. Help me out here." <laughs> that, that, I don't know. That's my sense. Like, yeah. Like, like, and the ref was like, "No, nah, you're gonna die." <laughs> yeah, it's like those moments where he really. He, I think he, Jason King, was on his back thinking, like, "Man, did I pick the right career?" Yeah. Like that. That looked like a come to Jesus moment. Yeah. Just laying on your back and just seeing the the the, the god of spin kicks just annihilate you every yeah. time you blink your eyes hey and and then Ray, and then jason king actually did get raymond down at one point mm-hmm. and they clenched up and trying to get him a leg lock yeah right. tried to get him a leg yeah, lock and, 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 and raymond, raymond daniels reacted own. yeah right did everything proper yeah yeah he um apparently raymond daniels i mean from what he says he's training with the right people he had mark munoz in his corner mm-hmm. he's training with um so he's got he's got he's got like high level wrestlers he's working with He's doing a strength and conditioning with um, Sam Calavita. Calavita. Mm-hmm. So he's actually training with like uh, Archuleta and those guys now. Yeah. 
So and he, he's I think thirty seven now. So but he says like I'm in my prime though. He's ready. So he looked more ripped than normal. Yeah, yeah. He because yeah, he, he I mean he's never been a guy who looks like he has a soft body or anything. But yeah. I I don't ever recall. But he's also not super vast. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember seeing him with the veins down his arms and, mm-hmm. and like the 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 eight pack or whatever. Yeah. But he he had a, like I mean the strength and conditioning yeah. thing look. It it definitely looks like he should um, focus on that end a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, he was just spamming spin kicks. I know that's mm-hmm. very tiring, mm-hmm. but he was breathing really hard mm-hmm. um, toward the end of that fight. Like mm-hmm. he was, it, like, I, if you put him up against a higher level competition and he's gassing like that, I mean, granted, he probably wouldn't attempt those sort of moves mm-hmm. uh, against different uh, competition. But yeah, he, they, they might want to. He, he might want to really focus on that part if he's intending on really climbing the ladder. But I don't think he is. He's, I mean, well, he says he is. I mean, I mean, I know people say everything, yeah. but... Um, he says I, he is, but he's also starting pretty late in his career, yeah, so he might also just be here to have fun. Yeah, and and this and, and he's in the right promotion to just have fun with it. Like, yeah. you know, getting a, a main card placement on, on a card this big, mm-hmm. and you're fighting a guy who, quite frankly, you know, no disrespect, was brought in to lose... Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't say that the promotion is really trying to uh, fast track him to to a title shot right. or anything. And they shouldn't because they shouldn't, he, yeah. when he start when before this fight, he was only one and one. Now he's two and one. And like a lot of people in the comments of our Instagram page are like, "Oh, he fought a can." I was like, "He oh, was. Yeah. He's a one and one fighter." Yeah, what do you? you didn't who fight do you think he should fight? Who do you want next for Raymond Daniels? I'm thinking. I would like to see him in MVP. Yeah. Because that that's just sexy. That's yeah. just crazy, man. You just it, want to see all. It's just, it's, the... just, it's just like a dance. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like a, a scene from the Matrix. I think that's an awesome fight, but I think actually I think Paul Daly, Paul, I'm not mad at that. Uh, but but I think that that's inviting the uh, the return of Division One Paul Daly, who uh, oh yeah tried to grind out MVP, which of course is mixed martial arts fight. That's that's what <laughs> can happen. <laughs> but. I don't want to see that, man. I yeah. want to see. So you just don't believe in Paul Daly anymore, has it? No, no. I, I believe in Paul Daly. No, but, but I he, believe, he might want to be Paul Daly against a striker. No, I believe. I, I believe in seeing Raymond Daniels and MVP just just Shaw brothers their way yes. through an entire Bellator fight. I'm, I'm into that. That's all I want to see. Right. And honestly, I feel like um, it's kind of why people like Bellator. It exists, and, and this is why I like having different organizations, is that there should... There's no more coffee. Oh, <laughs> no! These, these delicious waffles are yeah. still available for you. But they, there should be different um, feels. Everyone shouldn't have the same kind of a promotional machine, you know? Of course not. I like that there's differences, and I like that there's this, like... And every promotion also has this like there are fights you just want to see yeah. and this is just a fight you just want to see i'm just curious i just want to know what it looks like oh yeah. god now we're talking about just fights i want to see that now the fight we're not going to see is raymond daniels versus um michael Pereira. Okay. Oh wow! UFC welterweight, Mr. Flippy Flip Flip. You. Wow! Yeah, um, <laughs> just like sign me up. <laughs> kind, of, kind of sweating. <laughs> you know, I, 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 like, I, good guys, just. <laughs> Okay, UFC, you're rich. You get, you won. 
Now cross promote. Come on. Yeah, just, <laughs> let's, let's borrow this guy. You, just you won. You won. Yeah. You get it. You get it. You got, you got your PI. got your Apex. Yeah, you won. You guys are doing great. Congratulations, you know? But now, come on. Let's, let's have some fun here. I had, I had a moment like that where I had a flashback to a fight that I really wanted to see. Because uh, Kung Lee was in the building. Yeah. And I just wanted to see Kung Lee versus Anderson Silva. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it has just been one of those fights where it's just just chop socky fun. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Just here, here, here's a bag of money. Here's a bag of money. Yeah, I was like, here, just do it, <laughs> and we'll see what happens. Yeah, that would have been great. I, I actually, that's that a, is the one. What? I don't know if that's off the table. This is just be that honest. honestly, is a, well, I mean, it still could happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you never know. Yeah. But it won't be in their primes anymore. Whatever. But I, I do, uh, I do appreciate that about. Just because we, you know, um, we had been talking about Ryzen a couple weeks ago and how they were really proud that they had this card that didn't have any, you know, um, freak show fights on it or whatever. I was like, but freak show fights are fun. And it's honestly what people like about MMA is that it has all these weird um, uh, unknowns. Mm -hmm. um, but also, it's people like MMA because there's this. You can just be like, well, these two guys are just crazy strikers. Let's do it. It doesn't even matter that they're not ranked at the same or whatever, just let's just have this fight happen. And so I think that like Kung Lee Anderson Silva, like those are things that like these are dream fights because um they capture our imagination mm -hmm. and I, I want yeah, yeah. more of that. I, I would love to see more of that. Aaron Pico. Good. I guess guess he's doing all right for himself. Man, if, if, has there ever been a more kill or be killed fighter? Yeah, right. Right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, like I can't think of a fighter that's either you dead or I'm dead. I, that, that's, I, I mean, who? Maybe like, Chris Levin or something Chris, like Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, you know, it's like, like you got to go really far back to, yeah, like, to think of someone. Like, I can't imagine either of these guys. I mean, I can't imagine Pico honestly fighting, a dis going to the decision without him or the other guy getting slept. Yeah. Yeah. He Pico, man, was... First of all, Pico is, is very difficult for me to talk about Aaron Pico in general without just mentioning how like professional and classy that dude is. Mm -hmm. And and he's despite the fact that he's only what twenty three. He's twenty three now. Yeah. yeah, and and he's been the toast of the town since he was like eighteen or something like even mm -hmm. younger. Honestly, than that. honestly since like uh, a young teenager. A yeah, young teenager because he, he was beating he was, adults yeah, when he was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he was, was like he was a wrestling phenom. He was actually a gold uh, amateur bot a gold creation uh, um, champion yeah. and stuff like. So he's he's been he's been the toast of the town for a very very long time, and he he still handles himself with so much class and and a lot of humility despite just oozing with confidence. And it's an yeah. interesting balance that he has. Um, and it, it was it would be understandable to worry about Aaron Pico oh, yeah. when you you look at what 2019 was like for him. That was mm -hmm. a rough year, mm -hmm. you know, getting floored in two KO of the year candidates, mm -hmm. um, fights that that everyone thought he was going to you know run through somebody. And to a point, he was. Until and he, he wasn't. wasn't. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we yeah we, like we said about the Corrales fight in Borks, he was definitely beating him yeah, uh, I mean, with, with the wrestling, and then. Yeah. Then just he went in for that same takedown yeah, and he got, yeah. flying knee to death. So, um, the Pico man, he came in. He came in with a lot of focus and so complimentary of uh, his new team at Jackson Wing. And like we were saying earlier, where it takes sometimes it takes that one fight mm -hmm. when you're with that new team, and then after that things start gelling. And yeah. so, so, so people, so people know for the um, his last loss against Adam Borch. He was technically with Jackson Wink. He had left, um, what do you call it? Uh, body Shop. Body, body Shop, shop yeah. which is um, Antonio McKee and AJ McKee, obviously, who he trained with. Um, but he was he was only he's very limited time 
for the Adam Borch fight. So this was this fight was his first real camp. Yeah, for this uh, fight. full camp, and he had. Um, um, moved his horses out to Albuquerque so he knew it was serious. Yeah. Moved his horses. His girlfriend and his horses. <laughs> yeah, his girlfriend and his horses. <laughs> yeah, he, and, and he, the way he described Albuquerque now where he's he's saying his home to him now and, you know, Whittier is definitely, you know, yeah. where his roots are and stuff, but he feels so at home in Albuquerque and it, and that's so important too mm-hmm. because can you imagine being, being the toast of the town at that young age and you're fighting, you're you're fighting in your hometown. You're training in your hometown. Mm-hmm. You're you're surrounded by all these people that just love and adore you, and have since since you were a child. Driving down the street, named after your own grandparents. Exactly, where like <laughs> his family has yeah. significant history in in the Los Angeles area. So it it you gotta sometimes remove yourself from that and start anew, and that's. Seems to be what what he's done, and he's talking about how like uh, Brandon Gibson uh, is he's particularly gelled with him, and mm-hmm. John Jones called him before the fight to offer some words. Mm-hmm. So th- things like that, where where you aren't, and he was on the prelims as well. Yeah, which is just smart. I think. Yeah, I think, I think, smart. I think, I think a good decision. Yeah, to, by, by yeah, kind of dial back the mm-hmm. the spotlight a little bit, and and let him be a young man, let him be a developing fighter. Yeah, I I think the the key is to be. Um, I'm so glad that they started doing this because it's like. Yeah, okay, so he had a lot of hype, but he is he's still a guy that has less than 10 fights under his belt. Can we not keep putting him against people who are undefeated, 11 and 0, yeah. whatever? Like don't let's 10 what was he born four four three. three. I think he's 4 and 3 and he had less than 10 minutes of actual cage time. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're finally going to start to see uh cuz everybody needs to um improve in their field, right? Mm-hmm. Like him being a standout wrestler, it doesn't mean he's gonna be an amazing MMA fighter. And he should nope. like he should have been incrementally brought up. Right. I think he should have been, but I get they were just they were going for it. Yeah. You know, like, also like, because like, he was so he was so highly paid and he was yeah. so touted. Like they were like, we're just gonna throw you in there, and it's like, and he and his and his pride maybe he was like, sure, yeah, yeah I he, got it. He's a he's an extremely confident guy, and and that confidence is well founded. I mean, since yeah. he was like twelve, he's been beating people in international competition in in, in mixed rules disciplines. Like yeah. it's like to be a, a highly touted prospect in wrestling mm-hmm. and to be courted by the the USA wrestling you know mm-hmm. Olympic uh, whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. He's being courted by them while he's also one of the hottest prospects in boxing mm-hmm. and being courted by that world, famously training with Freddie Roach at, mm-hmm. at Wildcard, uh, and then also actually competing in Pancration, mm-hmm. which is essentially MMA, mm-hmm. and, and he's winning competitions overseas and that, like, yeah, man, like that's not your average, you know, amateur. That's not your average prospect. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a seasoned competitor at that point. So it makes sense that they pump, they, they, they pump the gas a, a little bit on him um, but then, of course, you add the the brighter lights of you know a debut in Madison Square Garden, yeah. and you know a, a homecoming fight in Inglewood, mm-hmm. you know uh, with with Fedor on the on the main event. Like there there are a lot of things that you that that level of competition can't quite prepare you for. Yeah, and with 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 his mentality. You need someone to kind of hold you back a little bit. Yeah. You you need someone to to put the put the brakes on and be like like hey like I know you're you're capable of this. Yeah. But let's let's ease your way into it. And make sure you're totally ready. Yeah. And lastly, uh, I thought that AJ Agazarm uh, was impressive in his comeback because he looked like trash in that first round and then. Yeah. Oh, he <laughs> he got piece of like. 
That was such a crazy round. I mean, that's an early fight of, of a round of the year <laughs> candidate right there because I, I think right after it, I, I said something stupid on Twitter, I was like, can can we score 10-8 rounds for both guys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they both just murdered each other. Yeah. Um, and, and surprisingly, because the nature of um, uh, Adele's, uh, Atamima's success in that, you would think it would carry over more into the later rounds. Yeah. To, you know, when you damn near knock a guy out with a variety of strikes, you figure like, okay, that that concussive damage will last a little bit longer than getting caught in a choke yeah. toward the end of the round. But um, but AJ, man, he he did the damn thing. I don't. You know, he, he proved to me. He proves he's a he's a he proves he's a fighter. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's a he's on jiu jitsu guy doing MMA. He's a fighter. Yeah, yeah, that and that was that was impressive. That that yeah, you can't you can't fake that. You can't do that in the gym. It can only happen on fight night in front of the cameras, in front of the crowd, under the lights. Yeah. To prove yeah. you're really you know a fighter. And what a progression too from his and he he showed a lot of progress in his yeah. last fight. I can't remember who he was fighting in that last one. But his debut fight, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. also at the Forum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think the second fight was at the Forum also. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. spends a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. So the so his his debut fight, I mean, he really he got outstruck by kind of amateur striking. Yeah. It, it, it was it was nothing too flashy. It was mm-hmm. nothing too sophisticated. He just would he just looked kind of shell shocked. He didn't know yeah. what to do. Mm-hmm. So he started taunting and and and, yeah. and 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 doing everything but actually fighting. Yes. Um, and to see him run into a little bit of adversity in his last fight and respond so well, but then to like damn near get decapitated uh, uh, from from Altamimi. and Altamimi just just so tricky with a lot of his setups yeah. and spin kicks, and he's going spinning back fists, and he's he's doing a lot of a, a lot of really intricate weird things, and got caught with a lot of it, and he's just. He just figured it out. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it was resilient. And one hell of a submission to finish that fight. Oh, yeah. With, yeah. with the Agar's arm, his yeah, choke. Yeah, like, yeah. He yeah. calls the it the Agar's arm. Yeah. The modified triangle, which I like. I, I looked at it when it was happening. I was like, I don't know what I don't know what yeah. that is. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was an arm bar. I couldn't tell if it was a triangle. I couldn't tell if it was a bicep slicer. Yeah. It looked like everything. I was so annoyed because I didn't have like a good view. I don't have a picture of it. So I was just like, I was looking and I, all I saw was just limbs. And I was like, I... I wish I could get a picture of this, but it won't make any sense. Yeah, he said he's, he said he's landed that in, in jiu-jitsu tournaments. He said he landed in Polaris a couple times, yeah. I think. But I, I, I was so confused about it, too, because at that point, when it hit the floor and they were in that position, you know, I immediately turned to the big screen, of course, because yeah, yeah. just sitting sitting case, I couldn't see anything. It was just a jumble of body parts. But but seeing that, I was like, what? Like, what? Because the arm didn't get yeah. trapped in. Exactly. He, he, it was an arm bar originally, then he laces it yeah. through, and then it becomes a triangle somehow. Yeah, and I, I was <laughs> yeah. like trying to say, so where exactly, what's ch- cutting what's off choking, the yeah. artery? And what, you know, and then when, when the tap, which I guess caused some controversy that... I don't, he I, didn't I, tap, I, but he did he tap. Did, he, he tapped. Did. <laughs> From what he, I saw, he, he tapped, tapped. And it's fine. Yeah. I, think, and, I think it's just that the, um, um, uh, he was a black belt, so he was just, you know, it's just, it sucks when you have to submit, when you have mm. to tap, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it was just, you know. Yeah, I mean, he like he used to train at a homilo of so yeah. <laughs> he was feeling like, uh. uh <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, we all, there were other fights yesterday, too. There were Curtis Melinder. Okay, oh okay. wait, that was Bellator. But yeah, yeah, but that oh, was a great. That, that was also great. That yeah, Curtis Melinder looked great. Got a good debut. Um, yeah, but apparently there's another there's another mixed martial arts promoter who had some fights on the other side of the country. Yeah, <laughs> UFC Raleigh happened, and I actually didn't get a chance to watch most of it. I saw the results. Um, 
Uh, the only fight I went back and watched was Angela Hill's fight because I wanted to see some killer elbows, and then I did. PG County stand up, Angela Hill. <laughs> she uh, got got the victory there. I was very happy to see that. Um, I, I didn't get to watch all this card too. I I tried to, and then I I uh, woke up with my head slumped in my chest, uh, and my son was crying at whatever ungodly hour it was. So, thanks for joining us for Coffee Talk this week. Thanks for having me at the Panda Dojo. Coffee talk. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in them. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, got, I, I got a little bit of my. I got a little bit of my. But this has been Coffee Talk with Anthony Walker. Thank you so okay, much for joining where, us. Where, where can we find Anthony Walker on the internet? Yes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AntWalkerMMA. Uh, it's also my Instagram. I very rarely post, but follow me anyway, just in case I do. Um, and then my, my YouTube channel, The Walkout Network. Nice. So I post some stuff there. And I uh, got a weekly column now with Kristen King for uh, my oh. MMA news. So, uh, yeah. The cool. DMs are open. Come get this work. All right. And you can follow us on TikTok. We don't have a TikTok. Yes, we do. What's TikTok? Yeah. What's... <laughs> uh, yes, we do, old man. All right. <laughs>